0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for July 5th, 2020, Proper 9. Bruce, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I have got my coffee. Uh, it is a beautiful day outside so far. Uh, uh, this is pre-rain. Um, this is These are pre-rain moments, so I'm looking forward to uh, spending it inside on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, with the, I can hear the allergies in your voice, so it's probably oh, just as well for your head.
0: Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I hate days like this. Uh, as the rain is, is, has previously come and is working its way back, my body does not know what to do with any of that. <laughs> so, uh, so, sinuses especially. Uh, we are, as, as as indicated, we're coming to you, not live, uh, on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Uh, and, uh, this, uh, Bruce, this is our, it, it, it's weird to, at least to me to make the realization of, Hey, uh, this is our July 4th Sunday service that's coming yeah. up. Um, uh, since we've, many of us have lost all sense of time. Um, <laughs> it's weird to realize that it's July already.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, in our neighborhood anyway, you can tell because of the, um, home fireworks, That have been going off already, (laughs) that are just going to accelerate in the coming days. Yeah, that that, oh must be close to the Fourth of July.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's it's the new way of of, um, enforcing social distancing is lighting a room nearby. (laughs) I was going to say lighting a room and (laughs) candle and firing it at your neighbor. (laughs) If this thing can touch you, (laughs) you're too close. You're too close. (laughs) Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, a uh, a, a, an oddly, uh, uh, festive time as Americans when, I don't know about the rest of you, I don't feel like being festive right now.
1: <laughs> no, it's a tough time to feel festive, that's for um, sure.
0: So, uh, so it will, um... July 4th though doesn't care uh, so it's gonna move it's gonna it's gonna come in and uh, we're gonna we're going to celebrate our the birth of our nation as we as we always do and as we always should um, but uh, this maybe this year a little bit more somber a little bit more distant than normal but still uh, nonetheless uh, uh, appreciative
1: and thankful and all the things that go along with that um, yeah but it's it's still a, I'm glad you're reminding us to stay safe and stay home and that's how we're doing our worship still it's exclusively online but we think that's keeping everyone a little healthier yeah yeah for sure um so let's uh i'm, I'm, I'm just saying the way your nose is running if it, you were in church on a sunday right now you'd be <laughs> oh i would be stone you know? out <laughs> cast out <laughs> yes ma- cast out into the parking lot
0: made, made to wear the the you know the, the uh a uh, uh, scarlet s for sniffles <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and a face mask with a sponge in it. <laughs> exactly right. Um so yeah, no, I will continue to worship at home. Um, fingers crossed it won't affect uh uh um um my ability to sing any of the music for the Sunday, but uh
1: Yeah, which um, you got you got you do very beautifully on the oh, pre recorded Thank you.
0: I was fishing for it.
1: Um <laughs> and you got
0: it.
1: <laughs> Hook line and sinker I bit that one. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, uh, let's move on to our word of the day uh, for those following along are, we're, we're, into the V's, which are a little limited, uh, on options, but, uh, I did still come across one, uh, and that word is vocare.
1: V-O-C-A-R-E? Yes. Are you... Putting it into your... No! (laughs) No, that's no fun. (laughs) Tap, tap, tap. No. I would never tap, 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 tap. I
0: am insulted. (laughs) Click, 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 click.
1: It's the name of a derided 1970s Dodge Chrysler product. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. uh, That was a Volare. The (laughs) Volare. Volcare Volare. The rich Corinthian leather. Um, is it, huh, is it the, the seeking of vocation? Ooh, yes.
0: Ah, good. Uh, it is the, it's a Latin word meaning to call. Uh, and apparently there's like a whole weekend built around it. I'm not entirely sure. They don't go into, um, in the definition, too much of the definition, or like where this came from, um, but uh, there is a whole vocare weekend, actually is, it's
1: pronounced vocare since it's Latin. Oh,
0: but. vocare! Yes, yeah. uh, uh, the Latin that I never took is showing. You're right, um, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> vocare you kids. weekend. I know, right? <laughs> Why couldn't they speak English? Um, uh, there's it, it, the the vocare weekend is actually a renewal weekend. Uh, for uh, specifically for young adults ages nineteen to thirty, um, and they're encouraged to face many serious decisions, uh, about their adult life and how they might uh, uh um, come into vocation, um, either within the church community or uh, the larger population as a whole. Um, so um,
1: yeah, they I don't hear about them so much anymore, but in the I'll say the '80s and maybe '90s. It was fairly popular in the Episcopal Church.
0: That's uh that's they 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 pinpoint the original uh, vocare weekend. Uh, not so much to uh, a specific church or congregation, but uh, uh, in September of 1980. Uh, wow. A number of happening graduates, which I guess uh, I'd have to uh, do some research on what happening. I can tell you about uh, that in a moment. Okay, uh, they met in Dallas, Texas, for the first Volcare weekend, uh, so they were essentially came together and uh, um, pondered uh, how they might be able to serve better. Uh, so, what what are what are what's happening uh, happening that, that you was, would graduate from?
1: Yeah, well, I mean every um program has its its inappropriate lingo and that was part of happenings lingo it was it was essentially a nationwide maybe international um movement and program for high schoolers to Ooh. help them become more solid in their christian faith and have a sense of how they should live their lives and that sort of thing i know is very strong in the episcopal church um Again, in the, eight, in the 70s um, and into the 80s. And I think it started to fade in the 90s, but I'm not positive of that. Uh, but it may also have been present in other denominations as well. And I don't think it was just um, an, uh, an Episcopal uh, program.
0: Uh, it might. It doesn't say. I did do some hunting. Uh. Yeah. Uh, here it doesn't say specifically whether or not it, it was relegated only to the Episcopal Church. Uh, definitely created in the Diocese of, of Dallas in the early 1970s, and it's based on the Cursillo model. Cursillo, uh, yeah, Cursillo uh, model for adults. <laughs> Again, the Latin. Uh, no, which actually is Spanish in this Spanish. case. Spanish, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that one, that one, I do speak a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but it's a it's a Roman Catholic derivative, of, uh, apparently. But uh,
1: yeah, which curcio is a um, is a Roman Catholic derivative in the Episcopal Church, and uh, many other mainline churches have a, a version of it. Some can't use the term curcio because of various copyright issues, but the Episcopal Church got permission to use it.
0: Yeah, that's where the uh, and, and
1: that that's for people who are older than Volcari.
0: There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it did say for adults. Uh, that's where the the um, rabbit hole ends on the Episcopal Dictionary. We better uh, just yeah. I'll put Well, eggs <laughs> on it. We, they don't. They don't talk about Curcio. Curcio is not one of the uh, words that I can look up any more information about. So the it, oh. it, it dead ends on the website uh, there. Okay. At, at, uh, at the happening. Um, so, but yeah, Vocari uh, which which uh, is is uh, I suppose we still do. Something like it, maybe not with uh, with pomp, circumstance, and fanfare, and, or and copyrights oh my, or copyrights. <laughs> uh, um, but it is still obviously one of the aspects of of uh, growing up in the Episcopal Church. As you get older, you're encouraged to um, um, you know go through confirmation and part of your spiritual journey within youth group and 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 uh, beyond is figuring out. How you fit in uh, uh, to the larger community, what your your yep. talents are, what your desires are, where you yeah, um, where the
1: where's the Holy Spirit leading you?
0: Right, exactly. Uh, um, wouldn't I suppose it's not the worst thing to have uh, some sort of program with a little bit more structure built around that. Uh, uh, so might maybe 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 something to look towards.
1: Well, there there are some. It's it's evolved, is what I would say that. Um, <clears throat> Even before, long before Volcari, we had very active campus ministries around mm-hmm. the nation. And that those many of those continue. I can't say all of them do. But there's now a couple major um, national gatherings during the summer. For There's there's one for high schoolers, and there's a different one for college-age people. They don't have to be in college, where they get together and in a, an intensive week, do um, the Volcari uh, type of discernment. Oh, good. Good, good, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, so the re- resources there, they just found that this is a way that um, 20s and 30s, uh, 20 year olds, uh, the decade, are more likely to access it rather than making a long term commitment to a weekly gathering or something.
0: Gotcha. Well, I, and I know from experience that the, uh, we've explored. Not a whole weekend based around us, but the, there have been those types of questions too at at uh, retreat uh, weekends uh, for at Wake Cross and those kind of things for for young adults as well. We're right, figuring out, yeah, um, those
1: those do take place, yeah. It's so. Usually sponsored by campus ministries in the diocese. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, so that's vocare. Uh, your your homework for the week is to uh,
1: conduct your own
0: vocare survey yep. Should and. Be a- uh,
1: a daily task yeah
0: exactly and and uh what better time to um determine uh what your potential vocation is uh but now when uh, (laughs) seemingly everything is changing for how (laughs) how we worship and uh how we gather and uh is there something that we can uh, do differently or better and and as, as we as we continue to face uh um, uh, this this uh, ever changing landscape. So, um, well,
1: and if you want a shorthand, with this will be short. We're not going down the rabbit hole even further. Um, a very wise person not long ago told me that the what we should do in terms of vocation is love whatever God has placed in front of us today, hmm. and then the vocation works out over a lifetime. Like so, it. It, it may be a person, it may be a part of creation, it may be an idea, but Take it one day at a time.
0: I like it. Yeah. I very much like that.
1: Yeah. So no one should worry if they don't have a big, <clears throat> old plan written across the sky from God.
0: Right. Yeah, that's not how God communicates with me, uh, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and during fireworks season, it's awfully tempted to think that's how it should work. <laughs>
0: Six feet, like I said. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, over every church, you'll see in big, bright fireworks, tithe. You know? <laughs> No, really, that was from (laughs) God.
0: Right, right. That was—it's actually too complicated. We just put the ten percent up. Yeah, was a lot, a lot easier to put into a a fireworks display. Yeah, six characters was just too much. Okay,
1: save me from this. Move (laughs) us along.
0: Zechariah is our first reading. Uh, Zechariah chapter nine, verses chapter nine, verse nine through twelve. Yes, uh, I read. Mm. Was going to read that correctly. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem! Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations, his dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. Um, Tell me first and foremost a little bit about the book of Zechariah.
1: Well, it was written um, a little more than 500 years before the birth of Christ. Mm -hmm. and this was the time when um, the Israelites were returning from their Babylonian slavery to uh, Jerusalem and the surrounding area. The first and Zechariah is a lot like Isa- Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, where it's pr- it's really easy to see where one author wrote and then where another author wrote. So Zechariah is like with Isaiah divided by scholars into a first Zechariah and a second Zechariah. And um, Isaiah has a third Isaiah. Uh, And this is near the beginning of the second Zechariah, where the first um, eight chapters of Zechariah foretell of the beautiful restoration of the temple, of Mm -hmm. um, formal worship, of the Upright moral lives people will lead, and it'll be just this blessed time. Then (laughs) chapter 9 starts, and it's, well, we blew that. (laughs) (laughs) And the rest of the book is deriding people for failing to live out those hopes. And how unhappy God is that they so quickly fell back into um, sloppy habits to put it nicely <laughs> huh huh
0: interesting so yeah so this so this book has quite the tonal shift uh yeah huge it, it, it does read as very poetic is this a, a yes this is essentially a poem yes okay um and then um that verse nine uh, where we start is one of the references months ago, uh, uh obviously uh, months ago. How long ago was Easter? Oh my gosh, months um, months ago. Okay, yeah. yes,
1: <laughs> not years. <laughs> That's what it just, comes every year.
0: <laughs> I just, I, I, don't know. Um, uh, that verse nine is one of the references to, uh, the um, uh, the the Palm Sunday uh reference, the reading that we had this year. Yeah, because um, it
1: was from Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, this appears in both Matthew and the Gospel of John.
0: Yeah, Uh, so this is one of the the, the references to that story. Uh, Humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Um, And uh, um, what is, uh, so so he will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse for Jerusalem. We recognize, okay, the war horse from Jerusalem, that's definitely the the, the Jewish people. uh, That's a reference to them. What's the chariot from Ephraim? Are are those? Is that also part of uh, the the Jewish people, or is that in opposition to the Jewish I, people?
1: I'm pretty sure Ephraim is the nor- is another word for the northern part of Israel, but I'm not remembering. I'm not going to swear to that. Okay. Um, I'm just seeing if a footnote here has it or not. Um, because I'm not yeah. sure if
0: this is if it, if it's referencing like, hey, I'm going to end this from your side, or I'm going to end this on both sides.
1: Right. It's it's another territory, another part of the Israeli territory. Okay. What we would now call Israeli. They didn't use that term then.
0: Gotcha. Um, so so this is this is uh, strictly uh, referencing and, and
1: directed towards the the,
0: the Jewish people. Um, yeah,
1: that they that. They won't need instruments of war anymore.
0: Okay. Um, Dominion will be from sea to sea, the river to the ends of the earth, uh um designed to um you know, make them feel comfortable, like that it's gonna be widespread. It's not just regional, it's it's a it's it's a, you know, uh uh lands many lands uh combined together or across the whole world right yeah the whole known world will be oh. in peace um what is the waterless pit because i think one of the things that we have discussed every now and again on the podcast is how late the concept of hell comes into our religion um uh, and it's really not uh contained within the words of our <laughs> Uh, the, the natural, uh, naturally written words of the books of the Bible. Um, what's the waterless pit? What's a what's that a reference to? Um, knowing that like our modern concept uh, of hell was developed much later. A dungeon. Hmm.
1: That um, prisoners were POWs were um, or political prisoners for that matter were often tossed into into. Um, <laughs> Wells isn't the right word because a well is the source of the water, but Mm -hmm. you know, it was a fairly arid area. And so what was very common was to reservoir. That's the term I'm looking for. These were reservoirs that had been dug out and then channels cut uh, at the surface, um, a very small hole at the top. And so water, when it rained, would roll into these um, reservoirs, these pits, so the water could be stored for dry times. And usually these were dug out of solid rock so that there would be minimal water loss. And so when one of these was dry, it was a very convenient place to literally throw prisoners into. Hmm. If you um, see, if you ever see the movie, it has to be the movie version of Jesus Christ Superstar, there's an uh, opening scene, I think it's one of the early scenes, where Jesus and the... Um, Jesus' followers are actually in one of these whereas a sandy bottom and a tiny uh, uh, sunlight hole at the very top and that was where the water would be uh, would come in but it was a, a dry reservoir that this that was filmed in and that's what this refers to huh interesting um,
0: so so essentially what this is talking uh, you, even though you had said that the um, the Second writer, or the second part of uh, Zechariah was um, kind of a more berating and yeah. I, I, yeah. identifying that it doesn't work. At least for this portion of the uh, the writing, uh, the the author is saying is still giving enc- words of encouragement that you know war is, yeah. war will be over um, or war is over. Our God is still with us. Prisoners are going to be set free, uh, have hope, and uh, I'm still going to restore, you know, the, the the Jewish kingdom, the Jewish the Jewish people.
1: Well. No? Is this a, The, is this the a, very last part is the only place you got off track. Okay. Where this, this passage is part of a longer one, of course. And it's not that the first eight was I'm going to restore, the first eight chapters. This mm-hmm. one is. You screwed this up, so this is gonna now God's going to do something totally new. But God will do something totally new. Okay. So this is not. So the first part was restoration. Uh-huh. The the good old days are coming back, and the second part is no, it's going to be totally new. Keep your eyes open. Stuff you can't even imagine. Good stuff you can't even imagine is going to happen, and. So all of your expectations need to be set aside.
0: Gotcha, and that's the reason why the, the 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 restoration will be double. It's we're not going back to normal. We're going right to higher heights. Okay. Right, exactly.
1: Now you got it. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, anything else from this passage? Just um, this is you asked a few minutes ago whether this was poetry, and this is, a, in fact, a wonderful example that we've talked about many times. Of the the form of Hebrew poetry is repetition of thought, uh-huh. so there are all these little couplets here of, um, you know, beginning with verse nine: "Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem!" And from then on, and actually even before that, it's same idea expressed twice, two different yeah, names, two different images, two different images, and we talked about this last. Um, <clears throat> getting ready for Palm Sunday, but here it is where two different images, same meaning um, that uh, victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Two different images, but the person still just riding on a donkey. Mm -hmm. Matthew misinterpreted that, and in his Palm Sunday account, had Jesus riding on two colts right yeah
0: on two on two different animals yeah because that's what was prophesied yeah
1: <laughs> matthew didn't understand poetry is well, many right. people don't
0: that's all right that's it. it wasn't wasn't for him um i guess then um no that's a that's a good thing to point out so uh, just to, since it's short i'll reiterate then uh that it does uh, appear in couplets uh, 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 occur in in couplets. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, the war horse from Jerusalem. Yep. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall command peace to the nations. His dominions shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Um. Uh. So all of those are those those couplets. Uh.
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, uh, put together. That that is interesting. I like. That. Yeah. that really, is a, I think a beautiful form of poetry. I mean, I've been. Clearly, working with it for decades, but it so maybe I've just um, been filled with it. But yeah, I think it's a, a wonderful way to express ideas. I, I think
0: th- it, i was just going to say, I think it's an attestation to how how wonderful it actually is. If you're doing, if you're if you're reading this for decades and you still find enjoyment out yeah. of it, then it's a pretty that's a pretty good uh, 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 test as to uh, as to the quality there. I would say, yeah, so and that you it, haven't and it, been like, oh gosh, this thing again.
1: Unfortunately, in this era of um, clickbait, you know, you'd only get at most half of the couplet
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. before people go away. <laughs> right, right, yeah, no, that's true. Uh,
1: but and, but the other thing is to point out that the um, triumphant new king is not riding on a war horse, but instead right. on a very on an animal of peace, a uh, donkey. Um, and that, that, that carried rich symbolism for Again, things aren't going to be as you thought they should be. This is right. not going to be a triumphal entry of um, uh, general, uh, army general, but right. instead it's going to be God doing God's thing. Right.
0: Not not so much uh, to be there to build a great and powerful nation, but uh, a king that, should, that will um, be focused on the needs of the people, the needs of the kingdom. Um, we'll and, literally um,
1: be ready to grow food yeah yeah, because that donkey was an agricultural animal
0: sure alright well uh, let's move on to Romans yeah. chapter 7 verse 15 through 25a I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want but I do the very thing I hate now if I do what I do not want I agree that the law is good but in fact it is no longer I that do it but sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Uh, so I find it to be a law that when I do, when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Um. This passage is always, to me, been one of those, what (laughs) kind of passages? (laughs) Um, This translation uh, version makes a little bit more sense than, uh, if I recall correctly, the the NIV translation that I grew up on. because it was very much the, I do not do what I want to do, and I do do what I do not want to do. For if I do do what I do not want to do, then I do not do what I want to do. And it's like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Go back. What in the world are you saying? <laughs> but this this is like the epitome of the the style of Paul's writing that I just don't like. I never have. Uh, and And it's just... Uh, it's so interwoven in its thought process and how the words come out that it just it 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 it, it hurts sometimes. <laughs> um, so help untangle this web uh, that that Paul weaves here. Well, what is he saying?
1: <laughs> I, I first just have to get something out of my mind so that it, it just gets out of there. Um, many many times I've heard people in the Episcopal Church call this the. Dooby dooby-doo passage <laughs> <laughs> love it I love that yeah. uh, and in some ways this ties in with the Zachariah structure where yeah. Paul's kind of taking the worst of Hebrew poetry technique and the worst of the Greek philosophy <laughs> technique mashing them together and now you get this this Repeat, repeat, repeat with just slightly different connotations mm-hmm. to, to try to draw you along. Um, again, he's writing to a principally non Jewish audience, so he's having to explain things in a sense very basically, but they also would have been probably familiar with Greek philosophy, so mm. it pulls a lot from that communication style. Um, but basically, he's saying, Look, We've we've tried to have a good set of rules for people to follow, we being Jews. A good set of rules to follow for centuries, it didn't work. And therefore, what we really need is to acknowledge that Christ is within us and to listen to God's voice rather than anything close to a human voice.
0: Gotcha. That's a good summary. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, um so so I, I I guess I, I get uh put off track almost immediately from the word go, as I read this. Uh, so so, help me out in what he's saying because at first he's saying, um, I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Got it. Doesn't that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now if I do what I do not want, uh, I agree that the law is good.
1: Here what he's is, not.
0: What does that mean?
1: <laughs> he's not referring to the Jewish law. He's mm-hmm. not re- referring to um, any kind of Jewish or Christian formulation. Instead, he's talking about the law of the human condition. Again, a Greek philosophical position. Okay. Okay. So the, the law of the human condition is that we do what we don't want to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's the old thing of um, if you do something bad, and you say oh, I just can't help myself, and people laugh it off. You think, oh, okay, that's the way I'm going to live, <laughs> right? Um, and and that's basically what Paul's talking about.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, it, he it it definitely he he does put. Uh, eventually, I think in the mind of the reader, this idea of like a lot of my inherent tendencies are not what I should be doing. Right. Right. And uh, that's something that I need to overcome. Um, Which, again, but, is a
1: very strong Greek philosophical position.
0: Right. Very, very traditional one. Right. Um, but man, just the way we arrived to that station. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: it, it's yeah I, it's I quite am, a dance step
0: yeah these are the moments where i am definitely not the right person to discuss it <laughs> to discuss the reading um because it's just like yep just next <laughs> <laughs> skim past this that, that's right that's right and, and let that be a lesson to anybody who, who, who who's out there or, or should, shouldn't say a lesson but like a, a word of encouragement it's okay to not like parts of the Bible. It's not oh, blasphemy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Paul. Paul just doesn't do it for me, folks. Uh, um, and uh, um, uh, Which, it, to some, I suppose, would be blasphemy considering how <laughs> how much he is uh, a, a part of the, uh, the the writings of the Bible. But it's just... the, the However his brain worked does not translate well <laughs> to me. It's like... His version of writing is like new math to me now. (laughs) Like what my kids are being taught—that's you know—that's that's that's Paul's writing. It's like it's as
1: inaccessible as that. (laughs)
0: It just yeah. You just can't 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 you go back to the way you used to write? Things used to be written where that made sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and again, it's one of those things where it's taken me years, maybe decades to even begin to appreciate what paul was doing um and and i I can't honestly say that a passage from paul has been words of comfort to me too often in my life compared particularly to the words of christ to the gospels Mm.
0: yeah yeah the gospels definitely a lot more they carry a lot more weight for me which I, it
1: I, should I, I mean those yeah. are those are the words in action. of jesus and yeah they're picked for a reason Paul's yeah paul's doing his best to be a comment uh, yeah a commentator on those right
0: um any anything else though now that i've dogged it uh <laughs> <laughs> anything else about this reading that you should uh, take
1: seriously <laughs> that
0: i should take seriously or, or anything that that um Because as we pointed out, he does write uh, this very circular logic to try to include um, all manner of people who might be listening or reading. Um, uh, So he says the same kind of thing over and over again in slightly different ways, uh, I'm guessing, in the hope of of catching as many people as he can. Is there anything, though, in those... You know what he's written here that that maybe we're overlooking, or like a subtle difference between one of the versions of of the statement of you know inherently. uh, um, Actually, you know, uh, let let me bypass that question because I I guess inherently what he's saying is my my inherent nature is is uh, sin and evil. And one of the modern concepts, uh, uh, or one, one of the modern opinions that we have of, uh, uh, some people have of humanity is that we're actually, it, it, our, our base nature is actually uh, somewhat good because we have thought, because we have um, uh, something that goes beyond animalistic instincts uh, that, that are, it, it, there, there's a big question as to whether or not our inherent nature is good or evil or indifferent. Um, and mm-hmm. we see that play out in many different ways, uh, um uh, daily, whether or not.
1: Yeah. And I think here, I don't think Paul's trying to get at the basic inborn nature of humanity. Mm-hmm. I think he's much more interested in the mature, conscious decision-making of an adult. hmm so it's it's a pretty strong difference, um, because, good because what Paul's talking about is basically you, we all could know better, mm-hmm. but we keep acting selfishly. And mm-hmm. again, he's talking to adults. He's not trying to say if we don't raise our children right, this is just going to keep happening. It's, right. Instead, he's saying uh, that we all have the capacity to listen to God's voice inside ourselves, but it's awfully easy to simply give in to what we want to do and listen to the, the sin that's within ourselves is the term he uses. And remember that most of the time in the scripture, sin refers to separation from God rather than a wrong action. Gotcha. So he's talking about, you know, running in the opposite direction from God. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Again, within this passage makes no sense because God's indwelling every person. And so this is this is more about how we as completely mature, rational, free thinking people respond to the world around us rather than what we were born as.
0: Right. And and I guess the way that he writes this also is um, uh, part of a larger discussion that still continues uh, in in large part today. I shouldn't shouldn't say a discussion. It's something that we need to be constantly reminded of. Is the way that he structures this argument, you as the reader should recognize that this is not something that you can overcome yourself. uh, Which is the reason why he says, who will rescue me from this body of death? is because I, he's rec, he's acknowledging and and kind of giving up on the idea of, like, this is something that I alone can fix. Right. Uh, this is inherently built inside me. Who's going to help me overcome the things that I do not want to do? And that's where he then responds, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's the answer is that you, you, you're right. You can't do this on your own. You yeah. do need to surrender kind of to... Um, to uh, acknowledge forces that are larger than yourself.
1: And it ties very nicely into people steeped in Greek philosophy, where the physical is always less than the spiritual.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: that the Greek philosophy had a very strong worldview that what we see around us is one thing, but behind everything we see, there's a higher ideal example of that thing that exists in the great out there, including with human beings. So that they created the idea of the soul, for instance. Gotcha. That, yeah, human beings, bleh, the soul is the pure thing, and the pure thing that survives. So people who had a strong belief that their physical bodies were less than would Immediately be able to connect with this, but then hear that there's not this um, impersonal ideal, but instead a God created and blessed dimension of life that we could tap into. That's something they could step towards. So, that's part of the reason Paul's using this kind of construct is to catch the people who are deeply Greek in their worldview, mm. which most Romans were.
0: Right. Yeah, um, hence the reason why uh, <laughs> it gets its own book. It, it, this is yeah. It's a uh, it, which we always need to keep in mind in, in the back of our mind is is you know this was written with a very specific target audience. While this was you know uh, looking to broaden the scope and you know mm-hmm. be out there for the greater larger world at the time, the greater larger world were. Almost all Romans, yeah. Uh, the that's Empire what Paul knew around him. Yeah, yeah. The empire was uh, pretty close to its, it, not not I should say, not far removed from its peak. Um, right. So the the vast uh, majority of people he could even imagine writing to would still be in the Roman Empire. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is. This is uh, we we always need to keep in mind that that concept that he he was writing for an audience, uh, uh, not necessarily writing uh, uh, with the intention of like oh this this work is going to survive over two thousand years some (laughs) some dude in a continent that we don't know exists, uh, uh, you know, tens of thousands of miles away is going to read this one day and <laughs> what right. will it mean to him or yeah, her Yeah
1: be reading it on a glowing screen that right. somehow it's, changes
0: yeah. to different uh, scrolls Right right that's not to say that it doesn't have meaning for us uh, right. uh, in in modern day it just means that we have to put our thinking caps on as to how was thought? How how was, how was the structure of society at the time when this was written? And what's the intended purpose? Well, um, and the
1: other the other interesting thing along those lines is that even as he was writing them, the the people back in Jerusalem who were followers of Christ were kind of going, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you know, we remember it as the oh yeah, you know, the the conflict over whether to preach to Gentiles or not. But part of it was the Doobie doobie doo? What?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I have I have a friend uh, 2,000 years ago uh, who was reading this going, what are you talking about, Paul? This makes no sense to yeah. me at
1: all. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were used to good Hebrew scholarship. Here's right. this guy who's going all over the place with Greek and Roman thought, trying to make sense to those folks of what Christ was about. Yeah. For the folks in Jerusalem, like, this makes no sense to us. (laughs) Yeah, you you stay out there in Rome, Paul. You're good. (laughs) Have fun out there, buddy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, let's let's move back to the traditional then and uh, go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 16 through 19 and uh, 25 through 30. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
1: Um, first things first, what did we skip? Uh, there, there's five verses here. What did we skip? We skipped um, what's entitled in my Bible as the Woes to Unrepentant Cities. Okay. So it continues the thoughts of how the folks weren't happy with John the Baptist and they're not happy with Jesus. So rather than just frankly, rather than drive that into the ground, um, the lectionary goes on to the next piece. Mm. Um, so this starts off with a, uh, I,
0: I would say a little bit of a head scratcher just in that, like there's, there's obviously meaning behind it that may be lost, uh, to our, our modern senses. Um, Comparing this generation, what? but to what will I compare this generation? This is something that we all love to do, especially as we get older. Um, <laughs> comparing, making comments on the current generation. Um, uh, but saying that it's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to to one another. We played the flute, you did not dance. We wailed, you did not mourn. Um, what, is, what does that mean? As far as like a generational... Uh, uh, comment um, not entirely sure what that means uh, at first blush
1: well it's okay kids are playing pretend here
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so when they're pretending when they're playing the flute and jesus wouldn't play with them um okay very symbolic this isn't literal yeah that was about the the people, the kids, pretending that it was a wedding, and that was playing the flute, and people dance at a wedding.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then the next step is them pretending that it's a, a funeral, and so the children are wailing, and Jesus didn't join in that. So it's a pretty strong put-down by Jesus, because he's basically saying to everyone, look, you're... You're asking me to do these pretend games mm. and just like you won't play with the kids if you don't feel like pretending at that moment or you have more important things to do. I'm not going to pretend with you that everything's fine or that everything's terrible.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Um, he's, he's not going to sugarcoat it for them either. You, know? you, you want me to pretend like everything's okay and... It's not, and you want me to, some of you want me to pretend like the sky is falling and neither is that true. Right. Like, that kind of a
1: thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That he's, he's not going to be, and and there again, we're wandering preachers with these views of some wandering around saying, this is the best of times, eat, drink, and be merry. Mm-hmm. And others wandering around saying, oh, this is the end of time, and uh, therefore you should put on sackcloth and ashes. Right. And, and Jesus didn't either one of those, which was very confusing to people. Uh, and maybe it's a, a good example for us today in the polarized communications we tend to have in public anyway. Um, that Jesus was in the middle. That some hmm. things were good, some things were bad. The world wasn't coming to an end, but it's not going to last forever. So you know, he, he refused to... To see the world through the eyes of um, through the eyes of a child, so and in an insulting way, not in a innocence and joy way.
0: Sure, 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 sure. Well, that, what's inter- the the what's interesting there is it reminds me of um, uh, one, one, um, one thing that we've learned in, in you know raising kids and and kind of. Uh, um, Working through problems and emotions uh, as a kid, it, one one process is uh, to conduct uh, best, worst, and most likely scenarios with, <laughs> with a child. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and uh, that reminds me a lot of what Jesus is saying here. Uh, okay, what's the best case scenario? This is, you know, mm-hmm. the, the you know this everything's hunky dory, everything's perfect the way it is. It doesn't need to change. Uh, uh, what's the worst case scenario? This is the worst that it's ever been. <laughs> the mm-hmm. end of uh, the, the end is nigh. We're all gonna die. Okay. What's most likely? Somewhere in the middle. Uh, and and uh, uh, there are things to improve. There are things to 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 be happy and excited about. Um, but uh, um, uh, there's it's it's always the answer is almost always somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah. And. You know in all probability the sun will come up tomorrow and you will wake up in the morning so what you gonna do
0: <laughs> right now I will say it is it is pretty dark if uh the uh if if the children in this theoretical story only play pretend uh, for weddings and funerals and that's the end of <laughs> 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 it's the only way they play pretend like <laughs> oh Lord <laughs> you you uh, that's pretty bleak. <laughs> we grow up, we get well, married, and then we die, and that's it. That's it was a harsh
1: time. That's the
0: that's the extent of our imagination. Oh gosh, um, um, and then and then we get we come into uh some familiar phrasing, um, uh some some phrasing that's been turned into so, so, some beautiful music over the 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 uh, many hundreds and thousands of years here. Um, but, uh, talking about, uh, uh, if you're weary and carry heavy burdens, I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest in your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, which is a source, sounds like a source of comfort. Um, but looking, viewing through the lens as to what at least I would think as his yoke. Boy, that's not an easy yoke. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. What he's called to do is uh, you know, and 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 what uh, we likewise are also uh kind of called to do uh, in in his own footsteps. It's not the it's certainly not the easy path. I wouldn't categorize uh what we're expected to do and and how we um praise God and and commune with God as the easy way um, so what is this what is he saying here as, as far, is he just giving comfort and this is a passage that's giving comfort or is there higher meaning or what
1: well part of it is again there's there's a, there's a competition of thought all mm-hmm. around Jesus and around God and Gods with the Romans, uh-huh. and so part of what Jesus has to re-teach is how does God feel about us, and how does God want to interact with us? And certainly if you look at Roman theology, there's a whole lot of chaotic dimensions to the God's behaviors, that if you don't act just right, they're going to do weird stuff with your life. Hmm. And similarly, there were... Um, strands of Judaism where if you didn't behave just right, then God would punish you with failure in life, basically. Um, Health, wealth, relationships all would go to heck if you didn't live perfectly. So Jesus is countering that Uh with these phrases. And so you know, there's there's a certain pun with Jesus's yoke being easy, since the yoke that he carried was the cross, right? But there's also the dimension of, wait, this God is gentle and humble in heart and gives us rest. Um, that's not what we thought gods were about. Yeah, you know, that that's radical, right? right. And I and I, I
0: guess I would propose that not. Not all of Jesus' words have to um, necessarily fit the entirety of human existence or even his existence. For him to say his yoke is easy and his burden is light doesn't have to uh, carry all the way through. Um, As you're pointing out, he's trying to combat a narrative. And so, therefore, what he's saying is this, this is... Our way is, you know, the way that I'm proposing is different, and uh, I'm not necessarily referring to my call on this earth uh, uh, at this time. Uh, I'm I'm saying that if you follow uh, these footsteps uh, that I'm proposing to you. Um, it, it, you know it'll it'll be i my the goal is to make it easier on you and lighten your burden and lighten your load to share uh, this experience with you because remember the 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 uh, even though i had just previously said uh, that his yoke was to you know you know go die on the cross the whole point of doing that that self sacrifice was so that we don't have to right um uh he's taking that place So the whole that would not actually be considered part of his yoke, I suppose, uh, because uh, that is a separate action to literally lighten the burden uh, um, uh, on us. Uh, So,
1: um, anyways, uh, just and there's there's one more piece with yokes uh um, that in the time of Jesus and since um, and before actually. Within rabbinical teachings, so Jewish teachings the this this image was used of of taking on God's yoke as a symbol for both the dedication and difficulty of following God, but also that was a joyous thing to do mm-hmm. And I think part of it part of this goes back to the passage from Romans, kind of accidentally, because Romans were just going through an order and Matthew were just going through an order, that by putting our by putting God's yoke on our shoulders, which is light and easy, we then are freed from our stupid impulses. Because mm. there is because we're allowing God to show us what steps to take next, rather than going off on our own and Literally heading off into the weeds with the plow, um, we're instead staying on the um, furrow that God needs us to walk down. okay, yeah, so it's another way to put it is we get to be in the back seat instead of at the steering wheel,
0: yeah, okay, so we're the burden
1: <laughs> in many ways, yeah. Well, as That's all right. My parents we, have been saying that, that for years. <laughs> well, well and, and that kind of circles back to the beginning of this passage where Jesus is pretty frustrated with us.
0: Right. Right, right, right. Uh, very good. Uh, well, with that, I think I will have to call it quits. Yeah, uh, we're going pretty we, long. Before we hit the hour mark. Uh, so uh, apologies, but you know you loved it. Um <laughs>
1: Well, at least two of us did. <laughs> two,
0: two of us did, <laughs> and that's all that matters. Uh, <laughs> well, with that, we will conclude uh, your uh, po- this, your podcast for July 5th, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, and uh, uh, feel free to check out our website, HFEC.org, our videos on HFEC videos on YouTube, uh, all sorts of good resources, material on our website, uh, and... Uh, Including the links to the Sunday worship. Including the links to the Sunday worship. Uh, So with that, that, uh, uh, unless there's anything
1: else, uh, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.